mittens and hats. Uh, you may bring whatever you have, mittens and hats, and uh, put on the tree down there. And uh, Nancy, I think Nancy Kozier is going to be in charge of uh, delivering those. Um, Christine, do you know, Nancy's not here, I can't ask her. Uh, do you, oh, you take them up. You take them to Harrisburg, up to, up to Water, up to Bethesda. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's a fun thing. A little tip, if you don't have any hats and gloves, Linda will love this, if you don't have any hats and gloves at this time, if you keep your eyes open, when the seasons change at Jubilee, they have scads of little mittens and hats and stuff like that, and they're half price or a nickel or something like that, and you can buy them and put them in a box Hold on to them until next year at this time, and you'll have all these nice little hats and mittens and stuff, and some of them are brand new uh, that you can put on the tree. So uh, keep that in mind. You notice we have our sanctuary decked out, thanks to Goldie and Nancy and Elaine. Who else, ladies? Christine. And Christine, yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It looks really nice. It looks beautiful. Thank you for doing that. Today is December 15. We are going to be praying for Ridgeway Community. Where is Ridgeway Community? Church of the Brethren. In Harrisburg. Yes, in Harrisburg. And Chickies in Mannheim is praying for us. So, I guess they are. You notice that in the bulletin there is a, a printing of a hymn, The Light of the World is Jesus. That will be our final hymn. And it's not in our hymnal. And it had been picked to be sung uh, for the first lighting of the Advent candle when we had canceled, unfortunately. So, I thought uh, it had been picked, Sandy had picked it, and it's new to me. I don't know if anybody else is familiar. Sandy, of course, is familiar with it. So we're going to depend on him to lead us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll know it. Yeah, yeah. So anybody... If anybody recognizes it, look around, see who recognizes it. They're the old people. Okay. Uh, keep in mind our Christmas Eve service that we're going to have, of course, on Christmas Eve right here. We always have a very, very good time with that. It's always very beautiful and, and very very, very rewarding. So keep that in mind. We hope that you're all here, and we hope that you bring some friends so that we can all enjoy Christmas Eve celebration here. And uh, I don't think I have any other announcements to make. Oh, yes, that's right. We're trying to get a, a few, we're trying to get all of you <laughs> to help us sing at least one Christmas number. And the, 
the placement of that number is still up in the air. It could be Christmas Eve. It could be next Sunday. It could be the Sunday after Christmas. We're not sure, but we're going to talk about that after worship. If you want to help us sing, please join us right after worship up here at the piano. Our pianist, Megan, will be in charge of the music. And if anybody would like to join us, please do so. You don't have to be a professional singer. Please believe me. We just want to get together and sing praises to God. So just join us, if you will. And if there's nobody, when we have everybody up here to sing, and there's nobody in the pews except Pastor Sandy and Karen, that's wonderful. That's great. But I think they'll probably be up here too. Right after worship today, we're going to practice. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> that will be next Sunday, Sandy? Okay. Yeah, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long at all. Just a little explanation and a vote, and it's a, basically a done deal, but we have to go through the formalities. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Very good. Who is doing our Advent reading? Aha, I will turn the podium over to you folks. First, I am reading from Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 26 through 32. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin, they will die for it. Because of the sin they have committed, they will die. But if a wicked person turns away from the wickedness they have committed and does what is just and right, they will save their life. Because they consider all of the offenses they have committed and turn away from them, that person will surely live. They will not die. Yet the Israelites say, The way of the Lord is not just. Are my ways unjust, O Israel? Is it not your ways that are unjust? Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent. Turn away from your offenses. Then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, <clears throat> people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Next I'll read from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 11. In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, 
whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Next from Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And finally, from Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent. God is holy. You be holy. Today is the third Sunday of Advent. Advent is about God coming to us in the person of his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to draw near to him, and if we do, God will draw near to us. But the Lord also tells us in Isaiah 59, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. From your God, your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. So what is the answer? How do we approach God? Simply, the word is repent. The gospels start with John the Baptist preaching repentance and then continues with Jesus preaching repentance. Approaching God means humbling our hearts and truly repenting. Really, the whole Bible teaches repentance. So why then is repentance so often left out of Advent? The answer has to do with avoiding the word sin. Christmas is nice, so let's not talk about sin. But the Bible links Jesus' birth with our sin. Joseph was told that Mary would give birth to a son and that he was to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Just a few chapters later, Jesus is preaching for us to repent of our sins. Repent. God is holy, so you be holy. Repenting is drawing near to God. Let us pray. O wonderful Savior, Savior, you left the splendor of heaven to come into this sinful world. May repentance be a genuine part of our Advent experience this Christmas. This we pray in the name of Jesus, who was born to be the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. The third verse of the Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, says this, No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Let us sing together and be thankful that he has entered in.
Let's turn our attention to our prayer ministry guide. I was talking to Walter this morning and last evening. His roommate and dear friend Peter is in serious condition right now in the Lancaster hospitals, and we should keep him in, in prayer. So uh, he went in for a gallbladder operation, and things uh, multiplied. Gallbladder went well, but uh, uh, things have turned a little bit more serious. So let's keep him and Peter in prayer. And Christine, do you have any updates? Okay, let's uh, get back to you. Uh, yes, I have one. Uh, well, first of all, and it is, we have been updating things, and I did get to do it this week while she was in the office. Charlie Miller, we had him, uh, had reported last week about him being in the hospital very suddenly. He had a stomach ulcer. Uh, they did give him two units of blood. Uh, he is doing fine. He is at home recovering. And I just talked to Pat and Lillian Bats today, and he is doing pretty good, you know. And it has a time of healing for that. So at least they know the problem and are taking care of it. I got a call last night from Helen Bleacher. Um, she's asking for a special prayer today. She said, I won't be there today. Uh, tomorrow she goes to have fluid drained from her lungs again, which is very quick since the last, it's only a couple weeks that she had that done. And we just had in here, because she was here last Sunday, and she was really doing good and looks good. But, yeah, and she called last night, she's, and I could tell she was having trouble breathing. And she said that, but I could even tell when she talked to me. But uh, so we just pray especially for her. And Marion reported, Marion Hackman, she's going for an MRI, I think, right, tomorrow? Where is she? Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. So just special prayer for these people. Okay. And, of course, there's a lot, and we have... To, uh, I have under grieving of two deaths, and Bill Lohenecker, I think we all knew quite well, that was Ellen Young's brother, but also he was a great preacher man. He did so many uh, inter-pastoring and, and at different churches pastoring, and all through the years, great man. Him and Peggy were a wonderful couple, really. And then we had Glenn Oberholzer, which we have Kevin Zorin, on our under cancer, this would be Kevin's father-in-law passed away. So it's Sue, his wife Sue's dad. So we have them listed, but it's and we try to. Pastor Sandy has been helping, and that we're putting more information in. So read your bulletins. We're trying to keep them updated as much as possible. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone else have something they need to share? Goldie. Caleb's uh, nephew's wife, uh, she's on our prayer list. Uh, she's had cancer for two years and eight months. Uh, she died this morning. Oh. Rose Hershey. Yes, we have Ruth Ann her on the prayer guide also, and that she's recovering at home. Uh, I don't know what day it was this week, but I got a call from Eleanor 
that she got news that she is in the Hershey Med Center again, uh, has an infection. And she's still in as far as we both know as of today. So she's in Hershey Med Center right now. I received my first Christmas present. I have a brand spanking new granddaughter, Kayla Ryan Wampshire. She is my son's sixth baby. <laughs> Cameron has a baby sister. So they have six girls, or three girls. Yes, six girls. That would be fun. <laughs> three girls, three boys, and... Um, they're all doing well. She came home Friday evening. So I've spent uh, most of the week at their house with the other children. Uh, it was nice to be needed. <laughs> I'd love them all. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I had cancer operation removed from my right ear. That's all gone. Thank the Lord. Anybody else while back here? Nancy? <laughs> we have Asher on our prayer list for a while. Uh, he's a young boy who has the Lyme disease. He was diagnosed in the summer, doing well. He's still on medication. They're going to soon do more testing. And Matthew Weaver is being treated for, I think it was leukemia, but he's been doing okay. And we do have a, a birthday boy, uh, Earl. <clears throat> I know you said you this morning you weren't going to bring any cookies and cake because it's close to Christmas. And, and Loretta said you didn't need it anyhow. So, But we'll still sing happy birthday to you, Earl. Can we do that, Walter? Okay, here we go. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for being our God. You're giving us, in a short time, the most wonderful gift that we could ever, ever receive, and that is the love of Jesus Christ. It's always with us, but we celebrate it in just a few short days. It boggles our mind to know that your son would come to this earth and live among us. 
but you do wonderful and magnificent things. And so we've learned that it's best to come to you with our prayers and our requests and our joys. And we've heard of people who are improving that have serious illnesses, Lord, Lyme's disease, leukemia, that are making progress. Thank you, Lord. We've also heard of new grandchildren. What a blessing, what a joy. Thank you for them also. But we have individuals that we have to pray for that are suffering, that are going through tests, MRIs, various things that are, are procedures that are necessary for their well-being. Bless them, Lord. Give them courage. Give them peace of mind. Let them know that you are right there with them, holding their hand. We play, pray for Peter, especially this morning, Lord. Bless him. Bless Walter as they go through this together. Thank you for their time together, and thank you for Walter's ministry to us on the organ. What a wonderful blessing he has been. Thank you, Lord, for all those that are on our prayer list that have agreed that only you are the one that can heal them. Only you are the one that they can turn to. Sure, we have doctors and it isn't, but without your grace and your knowledge and your wisdom that they are able to do what they do. Thank you for them. Thank you for their dedication. Thank you, Lord, for Ridgeway. Thank you for that congregation, Lord. Bless them. Give them a special light and a special blessing this holiday season. Bless their leadership, Lord, and thank you for them. Thank you for all of our churches, Lord, as we progress through the year. We face many, many charges and changes and, and challenges. Scripture says that we will have all sorts of turmoil, and so it is. But we believe in you. We will follow you, Lord, because you are our Savior. You are our leader. You are our coming king. And you represent the Christ child that we are celebrating this season. Thank you, Lord. We pray these things in your son's holy name. Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Merry Christmas. Yes. I am looking forward to the new year when we will all see 2020. You get that? Anybody? Yeah? I told that joke the other day to a friend of mine. He said, boy, you have become a dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, it's good to be here. Third Sunday of Advent, and um, as the uh, Bumgardner family uh, did such a fine job of introducing the topic of today's sermon, repentance. Um, not something that we often like to talk about, uh, but certainly something that's very important um, to our Christian walk. And um, so we're going to talk about repentance today. Repent, says Jesus, for the kingdom of heaven has come. Repentance is 
one of those words that you know, we've probably all heard many times. And maybe, maybe some of us understand what the word means, and while some of us, you know, the others, you know, we kind of have this, this vague idea about repentance. And, you know, typically we associate being sorry with the idea of repentance. But not just being sorry. Rather, the idea that we are really sorry and that we'll never do something again. And that's certainly a part of repentance, but that's not all that's involved in repentance. And so I want to talk about the word repentance this morning and why it is such an important word in Scripture and how it ties into the Advent season. I want to give a definition to repentance so that we can include repentance into our lives this season as we prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of our Savior. But first and foremost, I want to say that repentance is a gift from God. Psalm 80 says several times, Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And we translate the Hebrew word, it's hashava. You can say that with me if you want, hashava. We translate that word as restore in the sense that God will restore us by turning us around from the direction that we are going. And the prophet Jeremiah prophesied that a day was coming when the Lord would put his law within us. I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Repentance is a gift from God. It is he who works repentance into our lives and brings a change in direction within us so that we can experience eternal life. And repentance is most easily understood as turning and facing a new direction. To turn back, to turn away from, to turn toward. Repentance is a change in the way we think, which in turn will lead to a change in the way we act. Repentance for sin would involve changing our mind on some specific sin that results in a change in our behavior. In Psalm 51, David cried out to the Lord after sinning and said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Hashava, restore to the joy of your salvation. In other words, turn me around, Lord, for I have gone off in the wrong direction. You think about an alcoholic who repents of his sins. He changes his mind, which results in a change in his behavior. He turns and faces a new direction, for the direction that he was going would ultimately lead to his destruction. And now repentance, it's not just change for change's sake. Rather, repentance is necessary because we have become aware that we are out of step with God's desires for us. Repentance is realizing that God is pointing us one way, but we have been traveling a different way, and then changing our direction to be in alignment with God's will for our lives. And so there are four things that I want to talk about today in terms of repentance. And the first thing that I want to say is that repentance is available to all persons. 
while repentance is a prominent word for us Christians, it's not only a word for Christians. Repentance is available to all persons. The prophet Isaiah prophesied by saying, and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for, that, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares this, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. John the Baptist came preaching repentance to the people of Israel. And it's interesting to note that John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And Jesus continued that message by exhorting us to repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. The apostles continued the message of repentance to the Gentiles. In the book of Acts it says, To the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Repentance is available to all persons. The second thing about repentance is that it is a duty. Repentance is a duty. Is anyone familiar with Thomas A. Kempis? Anyone? Sandy? Karen? Bill, you raising your hand? No? Okay. Thomas A. Kempis. He was a 15th century theologian who's known today by his famous book titled The Imitation of Christ. And in his book he says the following, Oh, if men bestowed as much labor in the rooting out of vices and planting of virtues as they do in moving of questions, neither would there so much hurt be done nor so great scandal be given in the world, nor so much looseness practiced in religious houses. In other words, he's saying that if we spend as much time reflecting on our own lives to root out vices and behaviors that are not consistent with Christ, as we do debating about issues in the church, then many of those issues that we spend our time debating would not be so prominent in our churches. John the Baptist came preaching repentance. And in the Old Testament, the calls for repentance and turning to the true road of God's righteousness was because of the nation of Israel's social unrighteousness and idolatry. As a nation, they failed. But for John, the call to repentance and turning around to God was because the kingdom of heaven is near. In other words, John was saying, repent, for there is only one way for people to escape judgment. They must repent so that their entire life is changed and brought into a new relationship with God. Repentance is both an act that is available to all persons and is a duty to all persons. And I've said it before and it's worth saying again, remember how it began. Mankind was formerly living in communion with God, enjoying fellowship with God. But something happened in Genesis 3. Mankind sinned, and as a result, our fellowship with God was broken. In the book of Romans, we read, Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. And you might say that because of sin, we began facing a certain direction 
we began walking down a certain road. Repentance means to turn back, to turn away from, to turn toward a new direction. Repentance is a duty. Well, why do we need to repent? Think about it this way. What direction are we traveling in? In other words, apart from Christ, where is the road that we are traveling ultimately going to take us? Death. I'm sure some of you are aware that Palmyra has sinkholes. Yes? <laughs> Me too. Perhaps the most prominent sinkhole in Palmyra is the one on 422 in front of the bowling alley. For about 10 months or so, 422 was closed because there was a big hole in the road. The road did not continue, rather it stopped. Whether you were traveling east or west on 422, if you continued to drive without heeding the warning signs, you were going to end up in a big hole because the road stopped. In order not to fall into that sinkhole, you had to turn back, turn away from, turn toward a new direction following the signs so that you could safely pass over the sinkhole. In the same way, repentance is turning back from, turning away from the direction that we are going and turning toward a new direction. Why do we need to repent? Because of sin. The direction that we are traveling is leading us to death. We needed a new direction to travel. One that does not lead to death, one rather that leads to life. The word of God came into this world as one of us to show us the direction that leads to life. And that way is available to all persons who heed the warning signs and turn to him trustingly believing that he will lead us through death and into life. Did you do something to your sister? What did you do? Okay, she doesn't like that. Please sit here. I feel like I never end correcting him. <laughs> okay, where was I? I'm sorry. Repentance, yes, that's right, repentance. Right, the way is available to all persons who heed the warning signs and turn to him, trustingly believing that he will lead us through death and into life. And you remember the parable that Jesus told about the prodigal son in Luke 15. The son of that man was traveling in a certain direction that led to nothing but sorrow and misery, and ultimately it was going to lead to death, right? I think he found himself in a, in a um, uh, just a, almost like it sounded like a pile of manure, really. I mean, eating just, you know, whatever was, was there. It wasn't a good place. The road he was going, it just wasn't taking him to a pleasant place. <clears throat> The word of God came into this world as one of us to show us, excuse me, I just read that. <laughs> the word of God came into this world as one of us to show us the direction that leads to life. Now that man, the prodigal son, he turned from the direction that he was traveling and went in a new direction. And that direction was back to his father. 
Now his father was overjoyed and welcomed his son back into his arms. And the father of that man rejoiced, and he called for what? A marvelous celebration. And he said this, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Excuse me, they began to celebrate. The third thing about repentance is that repentance is a call to discipleship. Repentance can oftentimes be thought as being a gloomy thing, but that would be inadequate. For repentance is also a call to discipleship, and that's a glorious thing. Repentance is no longer obedience to a law, rather it's obedience to a person, to our Savior. The call to repentance that we have received from Jesus is an invitation to be His disciples, to be obedient to Him, to walk in His direction and follow Him through this lifetime, through death and into eternity. The fourth thing about repentance is that repentance leads to joy. Because repentance is a call to discipleship, to walk in the direction of Jesus and to follow Him through this lifetime and into eternity, there is tremendous joy. Repentance leads to joy. The joy of Christmas is that Jesus has come into our world and has called us to repentance, to follow Him, to be obedient to Him, to be His disciples, and to be led through death into eternal life. The idea of repentance, it's prominent in Scripture, even though it's not named exclusively as repentance. What do I mean by that? Well, we often hear in the letters that Paul wrote, he's talking about being in Christ, as dying and rising with Christ, as a new creation, as putting on the new self. And in John's Gospel, we've talked about a second birth from above, as passing from death to life or from darkness to light. These are examples of repentance. When we are in Christ as a new creation, having put on the new self, when we have experienced a second birth from above, having passed from death to life, or from darkness to light, we have repented. We have turned from the direction we once were going, and now we're facing a new direction. We're no longer traveling a road that ultimately ends Rather, Jesus has made a way for us to cross over that sinkhole. To cross over death and into eternal life. Repentance leads to joy. For we can again have fellowship with God. And so what about practicing repentance? Well, how do we do that? I mentioned earlier that repentance, it's not just change for change's sake. Rather, repentance is necessary because we have become aware that we're out of step with God's desires for peace with mankind. Peace with mankind. Isn't that why we celebrate Christmas? Repentance is realizing that God is pointing us one way, but we've been traveling in a different direction and then changing our direction to be in alignment with God's will for our lives. Now, the problem is that repentance, it can become a pretty daunting task. There are a lot of things that we can repent of as individuals, as a nation, as a world. 
pollution, poverty, food scarcity, hungry children, lonely widows, abortions, racial injustices, divorces, fatherless children, crime, violence, endless wars, drugs, the commercialization of Christmas. It's easy to think that repentance is a once and done thing. And I think in some ways that that makes sense. When we have repented and changed the direction that we were going in order to experience new life in Christ, our salvation is secure. Jesus himself tells us that he will not lose any of the ones that God gives to him. And this is the will of him who sent me, Jesus said, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. Rather, I will raise them up on the last day. But sometimes in life we take our eyes off of the road to look at the scenery, right? My dad calls those people rubberneckers. You know that term? Rubberneckers? Instead of driving straight, they veer off to the sides of the road because they're looking at the scenery. The irony in my dad, well, my dad's not here to defend himself, but the irony in my dad calling people rubber, rubberneckers is that he is the biggest rubbernecker. <laughs> I mean, he's always saying, look over there, wow, you know, whoa, look at that. And, uh, I don't want to pick on him because there is a famous saying that like father, like son, and I, <laughs> and that's Kayla, I am guilty of looking at things when I'm driving. The point is that we can take our eyes off of the road to enjoy the scenery. And the same thing can happen in our walk with Christ. We can take our eyes off of Jesus and look at the things that we're walking by and thus we, come, we become distracted. You might say we get caught up in the cares of this world. And I mentioned that re repentance can be a daunting task to consider. It's certainly not wrong to consider those injustices that I mentioned that are plaguing this world, but I don't just want to leave you there today. I, I want to give you some practical things that we can do right now, this week, and throughout the Advent season to bring about repentance as we prepare to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ has come into our world to bring peace between God and mankind. And so I want us to consider three things today. The first is this. Take some time today to think about what God's vision for you might be. What do you think God wants for you and in turn wants you to do for his kingdom? The second thing, I want you to consider one, just one area of your life that might not be in alignment with God that you need to repent of. Perhaps you already know what area of your life has fallen out of alignment with God. If not, spend some time today asking him to reveal that to you. Is there an unhealthy relationship that needs to be repaired or addressed? Can you imagine using your time differently and towards something more fruitful? Is there some practice or habit that you might take up that would produce more fruit in your life and for those around you? Is there some habit or practice in your life that you might drop? And the third thing is I want you to consider our local community and identify one thing, just one thing that needs repentance and think about how you might contribute to that. 
Have we as a community forgotten about a certain group of people? Can you spend time volunteering at a local charity? Can you make an additional donation to some organization? Can you get to know someone who is quite different from you, ethnically, politically, generationally, and try to build a relationship with that person to strengthen our community? Can you identify one thing in our community that requires prayer and then be open to how God might use you to fulfill that need? Repentance is about turning around and moving in a new direction, a direction that leads us toward God. Repentance is available to all persons. Repentance is a duty. It is a call to discipleship. And repentance leads to joy. Jesus came into this world as one of us to show us that we are traveling in a direction that will only lead us to death. He invited us to repent, to change directions, and to turn from the direction that we are going, and instead walk toward Him. His arms are open, waiting to give us a great hug and a warm embrace. And he came into this world to die on a cross on our behalf to make a way over the great sinkhole of death and to lead us into eternal life. And he made that way available to all persons. And he is calling us to follow him as disciples. This is the joy of Advent as we remember that God has called us to repent and to come to him in faith. Amen. Would you please rise with me as we sing our last hymn, the insert, Light of the... Light of the